1: Welcome back to Live Mike. Today is with Amy Donaldson and Scott Howell.
0: Hey, thank
2: you, Amy. It's great to be here with you. I'll tell you what. It's been really fun
1: so far. We want to start this. It is a holiday. It is President's Day, and we're celebrating... uh, some of the of the best of our presidents, right? So uh, we're giving you a quote each segment, and we're asking you to text the Utah Community Credit Union text line. You're welcome to weigh in on any of the issues we're, we're discussing. Yeah. But also, please send us a text with your favorite president. Why is he, that person is your favorite president, if you want to please, Scott. <laughs> I would like a quote, and, um, and we thank you so much for those of you who are texting. We're going to read some of those later. Uh, right now, you're going to get uh, a Jimmy Carter quote. Jimmy Carter, uh, James Earl Carter Jr., president from 1977 to 1981. The best way to enhance freedom in other lands is to demonstrate here that our democratic system is worth worthy of emulation.
2: Ooh, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. One of my favorite presidents, Abraham Lincoln, 1861-1865, said, "I am a slow walker, but I never walk backwards." Can't you just see him saying that? Yeah. Tall lanky guy. Yeah. Probably somebody was hat. yelling
1: at him that they wanted to go faster, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they wanted yeah. they wanted something accomplished at yeah. a greater speed, which happens a lot in our it does. I felt this way myself. Yeah. Why is progress so During slow? The club. Um, but but yeah, I think that that's a good uh, a good quote and some good advice, right?
2: Good way to introduce our next guest. He never walks backwards.
1: Uh, I, that I know is not true because I've seen him box.
2: <laughs> oh, you took him on. No, this is I a didn't great take <laughs> him on. I would beat him. I didn't want to beat him.
1: Hello, Mr. Greg Hughes.
2: Mr. Speaker, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us it's on President's dream Day.
0: team. Amy and Scott, you're, you guys are you're crushing it. And, and you know what Amy, I mean? I get beat by... You it would just totally destroy my street cred, so I would find something <laughs> to do than to not get in that ring with you. You, you don't know how mean <laughs> I am. Yeah, this you don't is just between
2: us, right? No yeah. one can hear me. Nasty
1: yeah. Right? girl. But, but, yeah, the nasty woman. I, I I was telling Scott about my our, my one foray into the boxing ring for charity, um, uh, and that was because Greg Hughes asked me to. So. Um,
0: But yeah, it was really fun. Not to be messed with. I'm telling you, I saw that grit. It's not just in the areas of journalism; it's uh, it
2: just carries across. She's amazing. I uh, I keep thinking that she's gonna she's the next up and comer elected official in our state, Greg. So, (laughs) Greg, well, thank you for joining us. Last week we had Dr. Robert Marbert here, and uh, we know you were the author of Operation Real Grand. Uh, Tell us what your thoughts and feelings are about where we are, and what your uh, interaction was with Dr. Marbert and. Uh, we keep getting polling data that this is one of the top two or three issues in the state of Utah, and of course, uh, gubernatorial candidates all. Uh, I think they better be prepared for it. But what are your thoughts about homelessness and where we are, and Dr. marbot 's visit?
0: So I think I, there's a lot of there's a lot in that question. One of the things that that I think listeners ought to know is that we were working with and coordinating with, and I was learning from Dr. Marbot long before. Uh, this administration, and President Trump asked him to be the homeless Czar for this country or the home I don't know if can you use czar anymore, and we don't have to use that term anymore i don't know I don't know where we're at, but <laughs> Dr. Marbot knows so much comes up from San Antonio, Texas, where they've done some great things. There's a lot of what you'd see uh, in in Utah and Operation Rio Grande that has his fingerprints on it in terms of what he was discussing with us at the time. Um, I think that if you look around the country. I think people are warehousing people in a very inhumane way they call it humane they try to dress it up but it's 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 a it's an absolutely it's a a terrible terrible thing that's going on around this country and i think we've been dedicated to self-reliance and trying to individualize help down to the very person and their specific needs because we we need them to be self-reliant we're not just trying to find a new neighborhood for them to live and just kind of again warehouse people that's not that is not uh the way to do it. And I think Dr. Marbitt's been such a strong voice on those types of things. I will say that it's harder when you're Speaker of the House and you can jump into something headfirst and you can uh, help marshal resources and get people's attention than when you leave uh, the legislature, which I did at the t- end of 2018, and then sit out in the, in the stands and watch it from afar. We had some critical deadlines in statute for, that needed to happen last summer uh, where this transition from the road home to these resource centers absolutely needed to happen, and the reason it was important is in the it was a June thirtieth transition. You're in the middle of the summer. Uh, your bed count is low, and when you're starting a new system and a new delivery of helping people that are in need, you cannot be oversubscribed or overburdened in those beds. You need to, to be a, give time a runway so that you can get this new system up and running. Uh, Delays for many reasons, reasons that shouldn't have happened, in my opinion, uh, made it made it so that the transit, the resource centers were not opened until December when it was the coldest weather. And when we saw, uh, you know, all of the resource centers now oversubscribed and it caused a lot of uh, challenges there. And that's hard to watch. So what I'd say is I'd say I think net net we are so much further than we were in the summer of 2017. But there is uh, great room for improvement, and there needs to be a far greater, I think, um, a priority placed on getting this done the way we've been uh, planning it and, and doing it for years.
1: I think one of the issues um, before the Operation Rio Grande, uh, when we talked about homelessness, I thought there was just a fundamental misunderstanding about why people were homeless. And I think that here, here. If, there, if anything good has happened from all of this as far as our public debate and discussion about this, it's that the people engaged in the discussion and the conversations are actually much, much more educated about um, the realities. It's such a complex problem. It's not just a matter of building more affordable housing or just having better transitional housing or having more mental health resources. I mean, there are a lot of issues that... Um, that you know that contribute I think to this and I one of the things I thought was interesting I just looked at and I didn't know if you'd seen this but the number of transitional beds in in Utah and the US has gone up um and the number of people needing homeless services a, as has permanent um housing for um homeless people but it's uh that the number of homeless people has outpaced that and I wondered if you had any insight into what's driving that and is there is there any other correlation? Have we looked at veterans' issues? I mean, what, what, what's driving that?
0: So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that are driving it. But here's, here's the overall challenge. We have a scarcity of housing, period. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. There's a supply and a demand, uh, you know, economic principle happening in the Wasatch Front, the four counties that make up 80% of the Utah's population. You have a greater demand for housing than we have supply. Yeah, and when I went through these town hall, I, we we do these community meetings where we were talking. I would go to the ballpark, I go to the avenues, I go to the St. Patrick's on uh, you know in uh, West Side of Glendale. I'd, I'd go everywhere to just try to explain to people what this big effort is going to look like and how we want to you know promote. We don't want to see lawlessness. We don't want to see people preyed upon because a lot of roads may take you to homelessness, but there are people looking to profit on people's misery. And uh, they, the drugs are far too rampant and it just sends people even further into the, the chaos that their lives are, uh, you know, a part of. So we do this, but when we, we talked about the very thing you just mentioned, Amy. So what next? How do we find transitional housing and how do people get to self-reliance? I would say, okay, because they'd ask and I'd say, well, it's a challenge. It's a real challenge because we'll have the deal of housing. So why don't we do it here? And you would see the whole room almost physically recoil. <laughs> at the mm-hmm. suggestion that we would bring transitioning housing to particular neighborhoods. And I said, you see how we were just getting along great and everything was going well. And now uh, mm-hmm. it's a little awkward in here. Therein lies our problem with yeah. housing, housing across the board, but housing for people that are trying to transition and get their you know, feet under them again and get going in life. There's it's, it's, not well received, and that and that is the challenge that we have in terms of how we address scarcity of housing generally, mm-hmm. but then specifically for people that have been in uh, terrible situations that are trying themselves to get uh, get themselves picked up and 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 helped. You brought up a good point. If we know someone's a veteran, we know there are resources, but many times people have resources available mm-hmm. uh, that they're unaware of.
1: Yeah, and that they don't the know how to navigate to the whole. system.
0: Exactly. And yeah. so if we can just learn, and it's, it makes sense when we talk about it, but it's not being practiced, really. Yeah. It's being practiced more here in Utah now. But if we know people's uh, individual circumstances, uh, yeah. there are ways that we can marshal the resources that may already even exist. And here's the good part. There is a criminal element uh, that prey upon people that are in this, like I mentioned, that are uh, in these uh, challenges mm-hmm. in their lives. And we don't talk about it enough there somehow has become this narrative that public safety is an enemy to people that are homeless but we have if you don't care about men and women at least consider that there are children down in these areas and how in the world would we ever be okay with our kids walking streets walking getting off a school bus going somewhere Mm -hmm. and we would expect public safety and that child to be safe but in these areas we would see the presence of law enforcement or that public safety is not a priority we can never accept that. So what happens is, is you get to know people. Criminals don't want to be known. They don't want you to understand what their situation is, and so it repels them. And so that's why the whole how you learn what people's challenges are and how we help people individually Mm-hmm. we absolutely can do it that's why it matters uh, it takes-
1: Greg I'm going to cut you off though because we're over time and I have a question on the text line that I have to ask you before we go and that is if you're elected governor are you only going to represent conservative people in this state because that's what your commercials imply that comes from our text line
0: um, I mean, I'm look I'm, it's a great question look we're in a cons- look I am conservative it's, I think if you know me you know that's the case what? I don't think there's anything that I'm saying <laughs> that people don't know however Shocking. Amy you know this too we bring people around the table we mm-hmm. always find common ground and that's and I say this in my town hall meetings Mm -hmm. there's that there is so much more common ground than what uh people would be led to believe yes so i am a conservative but i but i do believe that as as i have done in the past and as we would do going forward Mm -hmm. we can always find that common ground and and get things done You, you can't let fear uh dictate your decisions and i think that sometimes people in order in their desire to be loved they don't want to make anyone mad, and the only way to not make anyone mad, Amy, is to do nothing.
2: I or sell know. ice cream. See, look at Mr. Speaker. Or
0: sell ice cream. But right. now, everybody's if lactose intolerant. You Want to so. <laughs> make everybody happy? Don't be a leader. Sell ice cream. That's not what we're doing here. This is. This I'm
1: right. lactose intolerant. Where's my Where's my substitute? Okay, we're gonna go to break because we're way over time. But thank you, thank you, Greg. You have always been great to talk to and listen. You are a great listener. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Go, Rocky.